Live from Beacon House, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Hi, Tim. Hola. Seems we're, we're in England again. We are. It's a bright, beautiful day, although also a lot of wind around Yeah, here. yeah. And uh, this is a very interesting house because they seem to be having a trial of some sorts going it's on inside. Very strange. Like, there's a very uh, relatively rotund man there. Big dude. Yeah. Um, but he seems pretty happy. He seems very content. <laughs> he's not very... It's like, he's a, he must be accused. He's kind of in that spot, but he doesn't yeah. seem to care. We'll try to kind of stay out of their way. They, they seem to be quite in the, the midst of a debate. Although, again, strange place for a trial. Yeah. Well, it's England. Yeah. <laughs> you Brits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, folks. Welcome. By the time you get this, it'll be right around uh, Thanksgiving. That's right. And so, of course, this what is this podcast that they're listening to? The Derail Trains of Thought, uh, or your premier podcast on storytelling. For the creator and the consumer. Yes. Um, and I'm Nick Hayden. I'm the writer. And I'm Timothy Deal. I'm the media guy. And um, should we just go in straight into uh, listener feedback? All right, so we don't get comments a lot on our website, partly because we don't tell people about the actual web- Well, We mention the website, but we don't say leave comments. We always want reviews and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, because it just depends on what you're focusing on. Right now, we're not focusing on the website as much. No, which needs a revamping anyways. But that's neither here nor there. Um, But we got a comment from the one and only Nathan Marchand. Um, (laughs) The one and only, yes. Yes. (laughs) But anyways, he had a very good uh, kind of addendum or example for last episode where we talked about um, different story conventions. Story structures. Story structure. Particularly in this case. And he'd done a lot of research for uh, Kaiju Vision Radio. Which is a Godzilla podcast he was a part of for a long time. So uh, anyways, this is the comment he left. It's interesting that you mentioned Japanese storytelling structure a few times. According to the book, The Kaiju Film, much of that nation's story structures are derived from kabuki and no theater. How do you say it? Sure. Okay. Um, no spelled N-O-H. Yes. Uh, yeah, because I was, in case I was no. confusing. <laughs> um, both follow a structure called Joha-Kyu, which means beginning, break, and rapid, respectively. This is a three to five act structure. The first is expository, while acts two to four build tension, and the final act is a quick, explosive climax. This is why many Americans complain that the ends of kaiju films are the best part, because it takes until then for the monsters to appear and or fight. This is best seen in the Daimajin trilogy. Each of these films is 70 to 75 minutes long, but the titular monster, a giant samurai statue, doesn't come to life until exactly one hour into the story. It's also why I find it ironic that many complain about Godzilla's lack of screen time in the 2014 American reboot. Director Gareth Edwards was actually using more of a Japanese style of storytelling, and American fans often complain about any Godzilla films that aren't Japanese. So anyways, I thought that was a very good uh, example. I did not know this particular style. Yeah, I, I think I'd heard about it, but I, I have forgotten to mention it. At least I remember the idea that... Uh, a lot of times the Japanese story structure just kind of stops at the very end. There's not a huge amount of epilogue. I think you did sort of mention uh, that. We mentioned that, I think, but we didn't do this open. sort of like um, long expository build long build and boom. Yeah. And I'd be curious. I, I feel like I have seen this. I'm not super into kaiju movies, but I, I feel like I've certainly seen this in certain anime. Mm-hmm. 
like Cowboy Bebop, for example. <laughs> yeah. Quite a climax at the very end, and then that's the end. There's there's no picking up the pieces for whoever was left alive. Yeah. It's just, it's over. So, I don't know. It's, it is a very different structure, and one of those things that, like, Japanese culture filmmaking has definitely the uh, element of cool, but sometimes American audiences are thrown for a loop when they encounter something they don't really expect. The Americans like the... 20-minute climax, you know, like Return of the Jedi, our climax. Or (laughs) any Avengers movie. Exactly. So, all right. So that was our listener feedback. If you would like to leave us comments, uh, derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com is a great place. Shorter things go on Twitter and or Facebook. Yes. Those are great places to leave us uh, feedback on. If there's something that we forgot to mention in a podcast, you let us know. Or something you want to hear in a podcast. We're always taking suggestions. That's not so much feedback, but hey. Yeah, sure. Okay, and then we'll go to our normal story school. So we um, decided since this is November, which is the best month of the year, I think you would agree, Tim. (laughs) Well, yes. Those of us who have birthdays and these yeah. are a little prejudiced there, but <laughs> and I, I'm very fond of Thanksgiving as a holiday. I was born Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I think it's a it's an unused. It's not unused. It's a forgotten holiday and much more important than it is given credit for in the commercial setting. Yes, overlooked. I think is the the key thing. It comes in between Halloween and Christmas, which are the big commercial holidays of the year. I, I don't get the Halloween, but. <laughs> I mean, I get it being a thing. I don't get it being like the thing. Yeah. No, it, yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, so we thought today we'd do a special reasons to be thankful for stories. That's right. Because we talk about stories a lot on this. This is what episode 90. And we've done yeah. several Christmas themed. Actually, I think we always do something related to Christmas yeah. every December. We've, I don't think we've ever done a Thanksgiving thing. We've even done a Halloween. A Halloween one. We've done. We, we've tried a. We've done a Valentine's one one time. I oh, think. that's right. I, I did, we did so, try to do that back in one February. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's episode ninety three. We're well overdue for a Thanksgiving. A good Thanksgiving episode. That's right. So we just made a list. I, this is not exhaustive by any means. But things we're thankful for. Why we're thankful for stories. First one we wrote down, pretty self-explanatory, escapism. And basically, you go and read story, read books, watch movies, because you want to get away for a while. Want to get away? Uh, <laughs> you don't have to take a Southwest fight. Exactly. You can just take a Southwestern novel. <laughs> go deep south. Go <laughs> go to the far east. Go to the frigid north. I don't know. Wherever you want to go, you I mean, can go in a, a book. This is how they sell sell it to you in... Um, Reading Rainbow. Re- exactly. <laughs> like, you're first grader. You can do anything. You can go be a princess. You can go be a cowboy. You can go be a space astronaut. As opposed to not space astronaut. <laughs> a space cowboy. A, a space, there you go. A space princess. A space, Why not? You know, so, combine things. It's, it's uh, the smash wor- up. <laughs> it's the realm of imagination. And it's just, there is something, and I've noticed, you know, in my own life, like sometimes just crazy life, go and sit and read. Like, it just, ah. Yeah. You get some of the relaxing, rejuvenating nature of travel without having to travel. Um, and that's whether it's a book or whether you're watching a movie or... And you just take a break from life from whatever stress is the day-to-day the mundane whether you're trying to escape craziness or boringness yeah and i mean it's always fun to come out of a movie theater and feel like whoa i'm back on planet earth after having just experienced something insane and this is something like tolkien would talk about in um 
on Fairy Stories. His essay. His essay. He would talk about, you know, that there's a good sort of escapism. Like, the world's not always great. It's a fallen world. And to get away and come back refreshed, ready to tackle the world. Mm-hmm. I think Tolkien books do, I mean, a lot of books do, but his books are particularly good at this. I think Miyazaki movies are particularly good at making you feel like the world's Okay, let's do this thing. Yeah. And sometimes it's that getting away from it that when you come back, you're like, oh, you see different things better because you've been somewhere else and it it was able to take on a grander scale. It's like seeing something through someone else's eyes and that like all of a sudden the, uh, the, you know, there's trees and grass and blue sky and it's all actually a lot cooler than you remember because you've seen kind of an artistic representation of it or read an artistic vision of it like look mm-hmm. at this and then you Da-da. look at real life and like whoa that's that's there too and that's really cool so escapism pretty much number one everyone's thing we're thankful for it two cathartic emotional reactions now i'm not as quiet as much like this but like i told my wife like why do you and you know crying with the movie is part of the reason you watch a sad movie mm-hmm. what do they call that aristotle was it aristotle or socrates one i think it was aristotle talk about with tragedies the basically catharsis of fear and Okay. You know, you you identify with the person who was had a tragic ending, and it would purify you. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes it'll be the bad guys got killed, and you're like, yeah. You know, you feel like justice is done, and you have this emotional. You live this emotion without having to actually go through the pain of it. You just got the benefits of the journey the, of the journey the, of the crying of the happiness, the laughing of the mm-hmm. whatever, the success. And sometimes you're you're free to do that without. As much guilt if you were as if you were actually going through it, and it's cleaner. It is, yeah. It's it's simpler in a way. Uh, it's like clean and simple. Simple and clean <laughs> is the way that you're making me feel. That you set me up for that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean we and we've talked about emotion. I don't have the episode list in front of me that can tell you which episode it was, but you could probably find it in our list. But we talked about emotion. But it's definitely an important aspect of stories that, again, in your own life, you feel like you don't want to make mountain, mountains out of molehills and stuff. So it's nice to be able to live vicariously through another character and like just really celebrate the moments and like or you yeah, feel, get them. Or you feel like, yeah, you feel like life is confused and then you watch some person of interest and see all the bad guys get beat up by John Reese. And you're like... <laughs> Life is good. Yeah. Although, person of interest, you could also find share in that sense of life is confusing. When well, <laughs> artificial yeah. intelligences yeah, exactly. and uh, social ne- networking, and or you know, you can watch up and you can just ball and you'll be good. You know, or, or the end of you know, the number of you have talked to Toy Story three just yeah, they're yeah. just dead. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely one of those movies at the very end. You needed a moment to kind of collect yourself until you could talk to the person. Next I, to I you talked again. to one of the youth that comes to my house, and he's like, he watched uh, Coco like late at night one day. He's like, it just oh bad idea. That's, <laughs> yeah, that certain movies late at night, or if you've been by yourself all day, yeah. probably not a good idea. I, I yeah, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. I've experienced that, but I have experienced yeah. that. So escapism and then emotional catharsis. 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 All right. So uh, three, stories let you take an abstract idea and say like, oh, remember when this happened? You know, it's a way of helping explain the world to people, to share, you know, to, I'm trying to, I. I, (laughs) You're trying to explain your abstract idea? Exactly. You need a good story about how you did this one time. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when I, that last podcast, where I actually knew what I was talking about. Uh, (laughs) No, but I do this all the time. Like, I mentioned this to Natasha. She's like, yeah, you do do that all the time. (laughs) We're like. 
you're, you're trying to explain some sort of thing like about technology in the world and just we were talking person interest you're like it's like Samaritan from you know or like it's like that episode with uh-huh. you know the number of ways we'll say do you remember in that episode when so and so did this like oh yeah this is just like that it like, like crystallizes a, a deep down theological fundamental philosophical logical, philosophical idea and puts it in a gives it a body gives it a form and he or it's, it's like a language in it, some ways it really is and and sometimes it can be so okay. On we just had election night, and yeah. uh, so I was inspired to watch Risen again. Okay, because I had first seen Risen back in 2016, and I'm so glad I, I saw it early in the year because it basically kind of gave me a whole fresh perspective on the political cycle for a Christian. And I think I did a blog about this on Children of the Wells back in the day, but. I love the scene when Bartholomew is is being interrogated by the Roman in that. Yeah. Because this the Roman character, uh, Clavius, if I remember right, he's so used to these political uprisings and turmoil and the you know zealots basically railing against Rome for all these things. That's what he's expecting from Jesus' followers. And but Bartholomew instead is just like no, if we're, I don't really care about what's your threats and all this stuff. You know, we're going to, the world has changed because of love, not because yeah. of any form of power. It's because of love. And that sort of freedom, I don't know, it, it crystallizes something for me about the, the Christian perspective on government and all that stuff that has kind of been imprinted on yeah. me ever since. And it's just, again, a, just a scene from a movie, mm-hmm. essentially, um, that really kind of helps you realize, no, this is what the, the power of the cross and the resurrection does for us. And there's all kinds of examples you could give about stories that uh, just help you understand something afresh. Yeah, like I think I've used before, you know, it's a wonderful life. Sometimes I'll use as an example of how people act or situations. Or if you read Orthodox by G.K. Chesterton, it's all philosophy and theology. And then you can read Man Alive. Man Alive. It's basically the story version of it. And you're like, oh, okay, this is this is how this connects. Yeah, this is this is the real version of what he was trying to explain. Uh, and because the philosophy by itself can be very abstract, kind of hard to wrap your mind around sometimes. I mean, it's Chesterton. He it, does a pretty good job. He with does it. a pretty good job. Yeah, but but well, definitely giving it. Narnia does that for Lewis so many times. Oh, that's you know, true. there's a lot of his ideas in his nonfiction that show up. Yeah, in Narnia, one way or another, or even in um, Space Trilogy, same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like the like, like I think that hideous strength is basically men without chests, the fiction version. Mm, I can see that. Um, or as we're recording this, we just recently watched a Battle on Five about news and how it's manipulated, and we're like, oh, this is related to, and then we relate to some modern thing going on, and mm-hmm. and sometimes it works out that way for the creator too. Would you say? Because you talked about. It's a Wonderful Life. You, I think you've talked about that being kind of your example of a suffering servant. Yeah. And then you wrote your own version of that. In, yeah. I find in, that— In The Unremarkable Squire. I was trying to give you a— Sorry. A I know. See, I'm horrible at— See, I'm just, like, tone deaf. <laughs> um, Unremarkable Squire, everyone. That's your suffering servant exploration. It is. It is. In other places, too. But that's my main one. But I think also sometimes I find what I mean by writing it. Like, I'll write it, and then when I reread it, I'm like, oh, these are all those ideas I once knew. <laughs> like, half the time, I don't I don't know if this works for other writers, sometimes when I reread my own stuff, I'm like, oh, I used to know that, or wow, I was clever, you know, or <laughs> oh, this, this encapsulates, and, you know, maybe the normal reader doesn't see it encapsulating that, but it's enough touch point for things that have been going through my head about all kinds of things. I mean, uh-huh. the, the number of things about truth and lie and stuff and, say, like, Girl Called Snort, yeah. 
yeah, I, I think stories are a way we, we encapsulate our own. If you read enough of one person's stories, you'll get their worldview mm-hmm. because they just encapsulate their ideas. And then like Jesus did this, he'll, he'll go and tell parables. Like, look, I could just tell you it, but you'll remember it better. It'll make more sense if I relate to farming or do yeah, livestock. I am, or, I, I'm so thankful that Jesus told parables, that the Bible has full of stories. We talked in the Everything is Story episode how the world basically, life is basically one long story mm-hmm. you know, with God as the master storyteller. And I am often very thankful for that because I realize just how much you said, like Natasha says, yes, you were always relating it to some story yeah. or another. I don't know. I don't think I can be who I am without stories. Yeah. Even though I'm not as prolific in telling them as you are, my understanding of the world, I think just... I can't break away from it. And it's just a shortcut, so it's for, and especially in this modern culture, that you can say, remember this? Oh, yeah. And then you, you both understand the more abstract. <laughs> well, I was in a teacher Bible study. I was talking about how the Bible isn't just mainly a list of rules. You know, it's, um, and, like, and, then I, and then I referenced the Simpsons movie. <laughs> because and my, the people go to my Bible study, was like, you reference all kinds of random stuff. I'm like, yes. <laughs> because there's a scene in the Simpsons movie where Marge is having some more seizure in church and Homer's looking through the Bible like, there's no answers in here. Um, and it just, it's kind of making fun of that idea that, that there's a direct, like, lists of, it's a to-do list, mm. as opposed to this Bible being the story of God and man. Uh-huh. And the, well, Homer has this, anyways, I used it in, but I do that sort of stuff a lot. That's definitely a pullout that probably the Simpsons were not thinking of themselves. <laughs> I mean, the Simpsons writers. Possibly, yeah. Or poss- possibly. I don't know. I've, I've heard not. there's some Christians on the Simpsons comedy staff, but I don't know it could how be. true that is. Anyways, yeah. so that we're very thankful for that. We're also thankful that it, um, it broadens perspectives. There's things I would never even think, you know, you read a novel, like I read a novel one time about, it was basically a Christian novel, a guy converted in Japan, but you know, it had so much culture and it's not just a whole new world like I'm escaping to. It's like, I now understand this culture more. Yeah, I think that's important and not just in a nonfiction sense because nonfiction uh, stories can give you oh, all it, kinds it was, of... It was or, fiction, technically. Oh, was it a fiction story? Yeah, based on something real, but it was fiction. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it goes both ways. I think both fiction and nonfiction can really broaden your perspectives. I mean, a fiction one, you can go abstract, you know, the book of strange new things. Yeah, which you, you, expands your horizon a lot. Yeah, like you're going into a completely alien sort of environment. Oh, and, Solaris by uh, Stanislaw Lem. Yeah, crazy. It just expands your mind. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it gives you it in a guise that is a little bit more, I don't know, more digestible, more... Um, Tempting, I guess not t- not in a bad way, but in a like enticing, like yeah. ooh, it's outer space kind of story. Mm-hmm. But what it really is is gives you a kind of a, a different understanding of what it would might be for any stranger in a new environment, you know, and <laughs> yeah. a missionary exploring of, Africa for the first time. Of just the alienness, yeah. yeah. I mean, like we would never be able to recapture that just in the story of David Livingston necessarily because. We know what Africa looks like. I mean, not Americans don't know a lot, but we've seen pictures and all yeah. that stuff. It's completely that different. one tree. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> oh, there's that one animal, rhinoceros. Yes, I've seen the pictures of that since I was five years old. Yeah, but the the sensation, you know, or you know, even getting inside people's heads. So you know, like, oh, this is what it's like to be on the outside or be on the inside or be. Mm-hmm. That's the benefit of the more abstract or the more genre specific s- fictional storytelling. On the flip side. Nonfiction storytelling can help us 
understand. I'm going to get ahead of you with, you with the, the empathy thing. Oh, we can just go straight into that after this. We could. But it helps us understand that the people from another nation, another culture are humans just like us. And even mm-hmm. though circumstances may be very different, a lot of their needs and wants are exactly the same. I think there's a good reason for uh, reading books from one main good reason for reading books from and watching movies from other time periods, too. Mm, yeah. You just like home videos. Not that it's a story, but later on, the most important thing is not that watching them. It's not necessarily what you're, you know, watching an open Christmas present. It's like looking around the house and seeing how things had changed, you know, all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And then we get when reading old books and things, it's not sometimes what they're talking about. It's like all the background stuff, like, oh, that was just assumed back then, or this was, or that was. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. It's like we just thought this is the way the world works. And I guess at that time, that is how the world worked. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess connected to that, we're also thankful that, um, with characters, we love characters. Yeah. You can identify with them. You know, that's my person. You know, that's, I get that. You know, it, that's my guy. You feel like you, it's a way of um, not feeling so alone sometimes. Like you found the guy, like, oh, that person's like me. Mm. Like, I understand that. Or that's who I would want to be. Or it helps you, like, connect with the humanity of someone who may live really close to you, but you just never had an opportunity to meet. Or the other day we watched, because it was on TV, Finding Miss Daisy. Okay, And that is a beautiful picture of two people growing old together, for Mm -hmm. one thing, of two people from, you know, different social standing, a white woman and a black man. And the fact that they developed such a deep friendship, even though they were from completely social class, different social classes, and not a romantic thing, like it was a, you know, nothing like that, just a, just a deep human emotional connection of recognizing the dignity of, of each other. I don't know, that's, that's just something very special that would be hard to connect with if you didn't have, if you didn't know those people personally. Yeah. You know, and not everyone's going to know those people personally. So being able to tell that story, and I think it is based off of an actual people. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't know that. It was, it was a play first. I was reading about this because this is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess the playwright was inspired by his own grandmother and her own nice. chauffeur or servant or something. But So Driving Miss Daisy was a play. Yeah, it was a play first. With driving in it? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly. I've never seen it as a play. Okay. But I think Morgan Freeman was in the off-Broadway version of it, too. And oh, then cool. they did the movie and that, you know, spun off his career. Because that was really his breakout role, and he was, like, in his 50s when he got it. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, side okay. tangent. And really, and so, you know, we can all find characters like, oh, I understand that guy. He's who I want to be, or that's, you know... I haven't mentioned Wheel of Time here for a while, but you know, there's three main characters, and one of them is more fun, but the one I'm like, this is really who I am. You know, you kind of mm, get. Uh-huh. And related to that, and it's proven that at least books build empathy. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if you read a lot, especially literary books, you get inside people's heads and you you start, you understand them, you're willing to feel along with them, you, you, you don't judge them as harshly. It happens in TV shows too, certain, especially modern ones where. We now have we now have sympathy at least if not empathy with the bad guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Because they show oh look they have multifaceted you know you see all in real life you usually see just one or two sides of a person you yeah. know or what or stereotypes or whatever right and stories can give you break into that and I hope too that people kind of connect the two dots. I mean I know there's certain times I I like watch a movie and I'll be th- making me be thinking differently about the world and culture yeah. in general and the people next to me. But it's easy to forget those lessons and it's kind of like kind of coast into your everyday life. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know, if nothing else, a story can be a good reminder for 
no, that that person next to you at the checkout lane, you know, they may they may be going through their own. They've got their yeah. own sto- ongoing exactly. story. Yeah. So yeah, I like that stories can kind of remind us and help us empathize a little more with that. This has been on your mind for a little while, I have to guess, because I noticed this was in your notes. The empathy thing was in your notes for the original version of this topic. I and just then- found it, I just find an interesting thing that you know, there's there's a lot of benefits they say socially to reading. One of the big ones is empathy. Mm-hmm. And this is, and this is interesting as a creator too, because you can write characters better if you understand them. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of known around uh, the writing circles for writing hard to write characters, like Kalia from Children of the, Children the Wells is a character that not a lot of people identify, empathize with, but I do for whatever reason. <laughs> um, I think, and, and I think lot- it's an interesting challenge and or exercise. I think to find these characters that are kind of unloving. Uh, unlovey, uh, uh, un, un, unlovable, unlovable, un, unlovely, unlovely. I think, but unlovable will be better. Yeah, and finding the humanity, and humanity in them. Like, yeah, how do you have compassion for these people? I know we've probably said this on the podcast before, but I remember one of the first characters in a collaborative uh, medium that we did that with was uh, Natasha's character Katrina mm-hmm. from the Story Project. It, when we, from the very beginning, she was very hard to get along with with the rest of her, and because we're again we're writing from the perspectives of other characters, everyone else didn't want to have anything to do with her. Yeah. But the longer toward the end of the project, you started to realize more and more how lonely she was and how many hurts she was keeping hanging onto, you know, herself. Yeah. Some things she could get rid of, some things she just couldn't, you know. Yeah. I don't know, and it just it made you realize that there's more to meet the eye with even the most the bitterest of shells. And it's interesting from a you know creator point of view because like the rest of us didn't really quite get it, but Natasha always kind of had that sense that she slowly brought out, mm-hmm. and that's a you know that's a yeah that was an interesting, interesting thing uh, yeah interesting part of of that process because like. Again, as writers, we were really empathizing with our characters. With our individual there. characters, yeah. Yeah, because we were the whole idea was we were each writing as a specific person. So it was almost like role-playing in a way. We never really got that far into it because we were like, we'd plan out certain storylines and things in the story project. But it was almost akin to a, to a version yeah. of role-playing. Yeah. Um, we've got a few more here. One, uh, these are in real life benefits. One, it builds community. You know, if someone else likes your show, you're instantly friends with them. Yay. And that's, it's fun. You know, like, oh, you like Lost? Welcome. <laughs> and even if you're not going on into the depths of fandom, see episode 14 maybe? <laughs> uh, maybe 15. But even if you're not going that deep, there's definitely something of like, it helps bridge gaps in, in that way. Like, this icebreaker. Like, oh, you've seen that show? Okay. Or, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I think the first time I uh, met Greg at a, at a class, I saw he had a book bag with Legend of Zelda's patch. Yeah. I don't I, I honestly don't know a whole lot about Zelda. I've never beaten a single one of the games, but it's like, hey, this is, I know what kind of guy you are because you have a Zelda yeah. patch. We can hang out. Like, how do you like that Marvel movie? I mean, that, <laughs> that'll work with almost anyone. Yeah. Except people are like, I hate Marvel movies, <laughs> which well, is a growing segment, but. And I remember there's, yeah, well, there's sticks in the mud uh, <laughs> but I, I remember one time i was at this um back when i was an archery tag i was at this i don't know week seminar thing with basically a bunch of hunters and fishermen they each had their own like outdoors channels and i was just there because videographer guy yeah um and like i, I don't really i really didn't have a whole lot of common with these guys and so during one of our downtimes, i was down in our bedroom area reading a louis lamore book that i brought along 
And one of these fishermen guys came down and was like, oh, Louis L'Amour, I know who he is. And so we started talking a little bit about some of the, you know, the Sackets and other Westerns. And I don't know, it was just a nice touchstone, again, because he was in his 40s. I was yeah. still in my 20s, you know, nerdy kind of guy. He's the the big fisherman dude yeah. and here here's a story that we could connect on and i think that's i think that's one of the great things about story that i could build bridges like that and just as a sidetrack more people need to read louis l'amour <laughs> i mean he used to be super popular but i think the younger generation is all into sci-fi fantasy which hey i am too oh but, i get yeah but there's a lot of cool western stuff out there oh yeah yeah and then finally we're very thankful that it creates jobs <laughs> you know and storytellers get paid it's a or huge... sometimes <laughs> well they should Anytime you look at something that's in an entertainment industry, I think there's a kind of a tendency or a temptation to be like, oh, it's all fluff. It's rampant consumerism. You're wasting your money. And honestly, probably some of it is. I mean, like, I don't know that fans need as much merchandise as they tend to purchase. But at the same time, the filmmaking industry is a huge economic boom mm-hmm. for the United States, for India, yeah. <laughs> for, yeah, for anywhere that has a filmmaking industry. I mean, that's those that's giving people jobs, and it's and it really is part of being human, telling stories. It really is. I mean, we I think we've outlined a lot of reasons why we're thankful for stories, why stories are necessary for really a healthy society. Yeah, and the fact that it can attribute to economic. Prosperity is always a good thing. Always a good thing. All right. Well, that was our list of why we're thankful for stories. Next, we'll go to our soundtrack. Okay, for my soundtrack this episode, I did a search on OC Remix to find out uh, what remixes might have been released around Thanksgiving. And this one was released around Thanksgiving 2010. It's very appropriately from the game Tecmo Bowl, uh, <laughs> which I think was from original Nintendo. I didn't really play this. I didn't play very many sports games. But come on, football, that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That yep. goes together pretty well. And this one is called Touchdown Hoedown. It's about as American as you can get. <laughs> and it is remixed by Vorez. Vorez? Vorez? Vorez, something wow. like that. So, hope you enjoy.
I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a f- nice find. So uh, we want to make just a quick comment. Um, at some point, we did a lot of thankful stuff of stories for our story school. Um, at some point, we'll tackle the other side of the issue, which is the idolatry of stories. And so you can look forward to that in a month or two. Yeah, because any good thing can become an idol uh, if you obsess over it, put too much stock into it. And stories are no different. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look at uh, the dangers of it. The evil side. <laughs> Somewhere down the road here. All right. But let's go on to something more fun, which is... What if? All right, so we thought, well, this is Tim's idea, that we should come up with some, what if certain shows, or I guess shows generally, would have Thanksgiving specials? Because that's not really a thing. Not nearly as much. I think Charlie Brown is the only one I can really think of off the top of my head and that's random, done it. random sitcoms. Right, yeah, I mean, I mean well, that, it's a little different. A lot of TV shows might have a Thanksgiving episode as part of the, you know, just week-to-week episode. Like, I think NCIS has done this several okay. times, because they, they, they tend to kind of go be, with the time of You're year. saying something special, like the, they yes, make it... a standalone just to, like, it's probably not like a, a regular show. It's something from another franchise, maybe. Like, for instance, so this is the first one I thought of. Okay. Toy Story has actually gotten in the habit of doing a couple of these holiday specials. Yeah, they've done now. Halloween and... They did a Christmas one. It was kind of a weird theme of it. It was like the, the land that... that what was it? The land that time forgot or something? Basically, they wandered into some, I think maybe um, Bonnie's brother or something. Some Basically, okay. a place that, of this, that had a certain theme. Oh. It was a new Christmas. It was something they had gotten for Christmas. I had not seen that. So it was very loosely related to Christmas, but still. It was well, now, nowadays, they're just, it's, it's not Christmas, it's like a holiday the ho- special. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't see your air quotes there. Why not? I don't, yeah. Um, but yes, quote unquote holiday. Yeah. But Thanksgiving, you know, we don't have that kind of political correctness to worry about here, I don't think. No, um, because it's, it's just no one cares about it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not important enough to need political correctness. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But let's let's put a positive spin on it. So, so this is the idea I oh, had for a Toy for, Story okay. for, a, for a Toy Story Thanksgiving okay. special. So, you know, the toys are all with Bonnie now. I think yeah. that's the name of the little girl. Yeah, I believe so. I think it was start off with her playing with the toys, basically how, how they do. You know, yeah. the, the kind of child's eye sequence. Of them basically reenacting the first Thanksgiving. Okay. And so they, they do that. Maybe that's up until the first commercial break. And then she goes off to, I don't know, go eat or something. So the toys kind of reconvene and Woody or someone goes, you know, that was a lot different when Andy did it. Played, <laughs> did the first Thanksgiving with us. And like, oh, really? How'd that go? And so all the all Bonnie's toys kind of sit back while they let Andy's toys kind of reenact it. Okay. And so then you get to see Andy's version, which I'm, I'm sure would involve like aliens invading and, you know. <laughs> A tidal wave of monkeys. With lots of like Indian. I mean, you got, he, what is the cowboy? You could have a lot, a lot of Indians and, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you have versus aliens. Yeah. Cowboys so, versus aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could even have uh, Harrison Ford do a cameo. That'd be know. awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, probably Bonnie's version of the first Thanksgiving would, would have been, you know, kind of the way Bonnie would do it. Maybe a lot more um, tea parties and. That sort of thing. And then I think I think they need to do a third one then, like where Buzz Lightyear said, that's not what Space Patrol does. <laughs> and then like have Zerg and everything and do like a... I, I can see that. So yeah, you, you kind of get the idea. It's all yeah. different versions. And then toward the end, you probably get something closer to an abbreviated version of the actual... Actual story. Actual story. So anyway, that, oh, that's, that's my thought. Okay, for okay I have one for you, Tim. Okay. I, wa- I want to say Thanksgiving special 
with any combination of Netflix Marvel characters. Why, Nick? <laughs> Why? I can see some some family like being very poor and like Matt Murdock just wants to get them a turkey for Thanksgiving. You know, has to you know. The problem is he's gonna have to like beat up twenty guys in order to like he's gonna go to some place that's being terrorized by like extortionists essentially. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the guy just had to give his last turkey to these extortionists. So Matt Murdock's gonna have to go hunt down these guys, beat up an entire hallway. Full I was gonna say it has to be in a hallway. Yeah. Just to get the, this guy's his turkey but, and. Uh, but, but we could combine him with some other maybe like maybe I'm seeing everything maybe an Iron Fist is like. All lonely, so all the other defenders come and throw him a Thanksgiving party. <laughs> that could be kind of fun. I haven't seen defenders yet. So. I haven't either. So that could, that could be, although it's, I don't know, Those none of those guys are, maybe Luke Cage would. I, I understand <laughs> that he and Iron Fist get some sort of rapport down the road. Very odd couple sort of relationship. Jessica Jones, I feel, would just be holed up in her, her room and she would just scowl and and Maybe it could be like one of those, like, you know, they'll do it sometimes where they like do little snapshots of different people's day in the life of Thanksgiving. Uh, uh-huh. You could just see them all celebrating with their families or not. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe eventually. I mean, Jessica Jones has a half sister that would probably like try to get her to like, call her on the, the phone. It's this really kind of sad, bittersweet, but f- sarcastic conversation. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't see a, I don't see a Marvel. Market. Thanksgiving special being uh, that heartwarming, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, Iron Fist might have a good time because it's probably his first Thanksgiving in years. <laughs> he's trying to put it together. He just yeah, maybe he's the one who's trying to put it together. He's like, "Come on, guys! I haven't had a good turkey in, <laughs> in like twenty years or however long it's been." All right, then that's good. All I know is, it's however the Thanksgiving turns out, it's gonna flood the hospitals of New York. <laughs> <laughs> With all the broken bones. All the broken and, bones and everything. Yeah. It'd be a, a very violent Thanksgiving. It, it would be. So like when you break the, you know, the crack the rib bone or whatever. It's, like. <laughs> it's the it's the punisher breaking people's ribs. <laughs> all right, good. That, that's the heartwarming. That's very yeah, thankful. Something like that. Uh, and they all end with something they're thankful for. So I was trying to think of more realistic ones. I was trying to think of like other, and you probably have a better feel for what the kids are watching these days. Them kids. I don't know. We don't watch normal TV. Oh, you watch like old stuff. Some, well, or like rent stuff or Netflix sometimes, but like cartoons and things. I mean, you could like, we've been watching Avatar, Last Airbender. They could have Thanksgiving special, but it's like turkey bending. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, though, Aang coming up with some sort of uh, tradition that deals with giving thanks. Yeah, some monkish tradition. And Sokka would spend this whole time trying to create some sort of massive, elaborate plan. Basically, the hunt down whatever. They want to get the the, some some big turkey chicken. (laughs) The the turkey chicken. Yeah. The turducken, or uh, it's an actual turducken. <laughs> it's an actual turducken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be on Avatar. <laughs> I'm surprised I never did that. Actually, uh, and there could just be a nice little cute scene between Katara and Aang, and and uh, meanwhile, like Iroh and Zuko, Zuko would be like having their own like. Meager dinner, <laughs> meager dinner, like, and I, I can't believe we're so dumb and what, and Ira will be like, oh, we should be thankful for, da, da, da. Uh, you know, <laughs> it actually would work really well. Yeah, I actually kind of, <laughs> I kind of enjoy it. The more you talk about it, yeah, some, and like me, some Avatar from way back when says how they created this tradition and 
Okay. 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 How about a uh, Phineas and Ferb Thanksgiving? Have they not done that? I not that I'm, I I double checked. That's what I was looking up. Actually, okay. <laughs> I, I did a search on the Phineas and Ferb wiki. I've re- I read a Easter book, Phineas and Ferb. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe there might be a, have a book version, book of version, kid book version somewhere. Well, they would create some sort of machine mm-hmm. that would. Maybe they would make a float for like a the Thanksgiving Day oh, parade. Oh, there you go. That would be awesome, actually. Here's the question: How do you top the things that they already actually make for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade? Phineas and Ferb would do it somehow. They would do it somehow. It would have to be like some sort of combination. It was like think like maybe that like turkey float. May- maybe it would maybe it would like cook stuff and give throw it out to people as they're. Like hold turkey dinners while they're <laughs> that's probably like turkey legs. They'd probably shoot turkey legs out at all the people, and it would like somehow it would be a float, but then it would also turn into a balloon. Like maybe part of it would lift off. Yeah, yeah, and I think meanwhile, um, Doofenshmirtz who's not thankful for anything. He would uh, be trying to get rid of um, stuffing for some reason. Some some <laughs> problem. <laughs> Some problem from his childhood. <laughs> childhood that, like People stuffing st- is horrible. Stuff, he hates, probably he hates, stuff stuffing down his pants or yeah, something, something like that. So like he hates all. He'll get rid of all the stuffing in the tri-state area. <laughs> I love it. Which would go with, with you know they're trying to get out this turkey dinner and uh, yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like that um, that robot that he has would have to be on it for some reason. Feel like maybe that's his maybe his in the cover for his parade. Yeah, like he has he has Norm walking down Norm. The, yep, the, yeah, that's his version. Parade and, Street. Yep. Yeah. See, cartoons are easy to do it on. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, let's see. What's something... Well, I'm trying to think of something you've watched, too. Like, it's some Netflix series that, like, popular. But you haven't seen The Crown or Lost in Space or Let Me Snick It or... No. I guess I, I will make a confession. When I was thinking of, like, kids' shows, I was like, well, the one I most recently watched was Miraculous Ladybug. I don't really have an excuse to watch this except from the fact that my baby sister recommended it. And at the time, I needed a break from Marvel gritty stuff I was yeah. watching on Netflix. And and it's cute. It's it's If you don't know anything about Miraculous Ladybug, it's basically, think CGI animation. Yeah. Magical girl superhero show with kind of a rom-com aspect to it. Nice. Where you know, you've got this high school girl who's also a superhero, and she's she's got a big, big crush and one of her schoolmates, but she doesn't know is that the schoolmate is also a superhero and has his own, and he is in love with her secret identity, but they know each other's real identity. So that could make a pretty good Thanksgiving special, though. Yeah. Now, well, here's the trick, though. This takes place in Paris. So what I think I was thinking what you'd have to do is you'd have to have an exchange student at their school, like an American exchange student that wanted to celebrate Thanksgiving. But somehow something would go wrong with the Thanksgiving dinner he'd create, and so that would wind up in him becoming akumatized, which basically the main villain in town gives someone every episode these temporary superpowers in hopes that they'll become a good enough supervillain to take down Ladybug and Cat Noir. Nice. So, So... Somehow something would go wrong, and you'd be like, "None of you are thankful enough for." It. So I will teach you. You'll, you'll learn to be thankful somehow, and that's that. That'd be the villain. They'd have to take it down, and everyone in Paris would learn how to be thankful. Nice. And uh, they'd be like, "Oh, those Americans aren't so bad after all." <laughs> not, that, not that they ever said that on the show, but I'm making fun of French people here. <laughs> those French people are so bad after all. <laughs> so anyway, there's that. Okay, that's for you, Daniel. <laughs> nice. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something we haven't talked about a lot that we could also bring in here. Okay, so I was thinking, I mentioned earlier, Charlie Brown is one of the only ones. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of the comic strip kind of adaptations, 
But what's what's an interesting comic strip that's still around today? That's not not something that's been like being done by like third generation cartoonists yeah. like Hagar the Horrible or Beetle Bailey. And <laughs> that's a proper name. <laughs> Hagar is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, anyway, um, but but something that's actually like creatively still decent these days. Hmm. I haven't read many comic strips lately. I don't read a whole lot except like on Sundays. I've um, you know something that's gotten like a, a fresh life. Sally Forth. Actually. Oh really? Yeah. Like it's weird because Sally Forth used to be like one of the more soapy like kind of middle aged strips. But whoever's doing it now. Definitely one, has some, some kind of a nerd pop culture influence. That's the one with the husband who's always doing crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I don't think this strip, you, I don't remember it being like that when I was a kid. <laughs> now all of a sudden, he, he's like talking about, like like just the other day, I think he was saying something about, uh, I don't know, he made some reference to Ghidorah in like Godzilla movies and I don't know. I always know they're always hiding the, the Easter eggs. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. yeah anyway, that would actually, Sally Forth would have pretty awesome. I feel like it would be. Special. I feel like it would be about their sort of like some of the Garfield ones, where they would be about the family getting together. I feel like it would be about them stressing out over their family coming for Thanksgiving and trying to please everyone. And Ted, who's the <laughs> yeah. the husband in that, basically coming up with some ridiculous pop culture plots and <laughs> with really obscure Thanksgiving references to Thanksgiving specials that I don't really. <laughs> no one remembers. No them. one remembers anymore. <laughs> that was for his, yeah. No, the see the Lockhorns. They need a Thanksgiving <laughs> special. Gosh, I, don't, I feel like if you were to try to make a special out of Lockhorns, it would just come up something like All in the Family or something. Yeah, like that. basically, <laughs> that's that's it's basically a comic strip version of that. Yeah, it's true. Or the Flintstones. <laughs> we need one more good. Take some movie. And they could do a like you did with Toy Story genre thingy. Okay, what about? I know they've tried this before, so okay. bear with me, Nick. Yes, yes, go for it. What about the Star Wars Thanksgiving special? Let's not do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would need Lumpy. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> go back to uh, Chewbacca's family. Mm. I think it'd be more fun if we did, like, just a lot of clone warriors, okay? Clone oh. troopers. Okay. I think you do, you do, okay, okay, so we do eras of Thanksgiving specials, like, Okay, I see. So you different your prequel era characters, yeah. your original trilogy era characters, your new trilogy. Well, because the Christmas special had like all these little like weird, weird skit things. So why don't yeah. we just like you do the main one should probably be our modern Ray and Finn and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damon and Poe can all be like I don't know why they'd be celebrating Thanksgiving. Um, Yay, we're alive! It's, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Isn't okay, dead so it somehow. wouldn't be Life Day. It would be. Um, Gratitude, um, <laughs> gratefulness day, gratefulness day, yes, and it would be like some holiday on um, what planet? Let's do some planet that will have gratefulness. Naboo, Naboo, okay, Gungan, Gungan, <laughs> Gungan. Go, okay. This is no, 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 no. The host is Jar Jar Binks. Okay, <laughs> why? <laughs> Misa wanted some turkey. Okay, <laughs> why? Uh. I don't hate Jar Jar Binks, but that's gonna like alienate like three fourths of your audience. I, th- those who aren't scared <laughs> off by the fact that this is a Star Wars special. And then we have Boss Nass and Gung. So we have this whole the okay. I think the framing plot would be Jar Jar Binks and Boss Nass trying to create some sort of gratitude day um, and trying to invite the Nabooians from above. 
And then, like, they might study other, and then we go to like the clone troopers, how they celebrate it, and then we uh, do Ray and Finn and Selber, who would be celebrating later, like, oh, many years ago. May- maybe we could start with Ray and Finn, but they're like, this was started by the Gungans, and then we could have a flashback for how George okay. Binks accidentally started it by tripping over something, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I think a series of different ways it's been celebrated throughout history, I think would be would be great, and we could bring Lumpy back in because <laughs> why not? I feel like the clone troopers actually, that's probably the part of the, that genuinely interests me the most, though, because um, Clone Wars had some very interesting stories about some of the clone troopers, particularly the ones that there were some clone troopers in that show that basically kind of threw off some of their genetic programming mm-hmm. that didn't wind up obeying Order 66. Okay. Um, I don't know how far into that they would get, but that's kind of where the show was leading before it got canceled. And maybe because I guess Clone Wars is coming back. Oh, really? So maybe, See, I yeah. I never watched any of it. I'm way behind on that. So it'd be a good time to catch up. I mean, I think it's going to be on the Disney streaming service. Of course. Of course. Everything is going to be on the Disney <laughs> streaming service. Yeah. So like yeah, 10 no. versions of every movie they ever made because that's what they do. <laughs> that's what Disney does. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be a good time to catch up on it. But I, I think you could make some very interesting, like, in the trenches kind of stories with the troopers. That'd, and, be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, being thankful for their fellow troopers that are still with them and being alive and I feel like there'd be a continuing thread with all these Star Wars characters I'm just thankful I'm alive <laughs> except Jar Jar except Jar you'd be thankful for food for not being banished again <laughs> there you go so. and yeah yes nice job Nick, I guess. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that I now made a Star Wars special with Jar Jar Binks in charge <laughs> I think that is fabulous Oh, facepalm. Um, <laughs> let's see. Anyone else, or do you want to just go out? Um, is that is that your high note for this? I don't... Uh, it may be my high note. Um, I'm trying to think of some... Some other franchise. Okay, I've never heard of him doing any sort of holiday special, but let's, let's give him one. What if okay. James Bond had a Thanksgiving special? James Bond. Hmm. Is that is that too... Well... Breaking, breaking the mold a little too much? No. Breaking mold's what we do here. <laughs> well... There'd be some lady. I feel like maybe he'd be on on a mission that just happens to be on Thanksgiving. Yeah, maybe at the th- the going back to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Maybe it happens to be there, so there's lots of people. But and does England have a Thanksgiving Day Parade? Well, no, but he'd have to be in America. I think it'd be better if like, oh yeah, there's no Thanksgiving anywhere else. Yeah. Well, Canada, Canada has one. Okay, so the Queen is in Canada. Okay. For a Canadian why. Thanksgiving Day, which is in October, I think. But anyway, sure. Um, <laughs> or he could be in America, I guess. He's been in America before. Well, I know, I know, but I was just, I was trying to pray, place in Britain and then realized that doesn't actually work. <laughs> um, well, say, what is it, like an hour special? Yeah, sure. Half hour? Hour? Let's oh. do an hour. Hour. It, it gives him a so little So the more first time. five minutes is some song being sung by some pop artist. Uh-huh. Okay, we got that out of the way. About well, which pop artist? I don't know any pop artist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Neither do I. Let's say Bruno Mars just for fun. Okay. Okay, then. <laughs> do you even know who that is? I know who it is. Okay. I'm just used to girls usually, singing the main so Usually it's a girl. Yeah. They kid. I don't care. Oh, I'll give it a Bruno Mars. Lady Gaga. I don't know. <laughs> has she not done one? Maybe she hasn't. I'm, you can tell what, we're not, what we do not know is music, Gary Gaga. No, it's true. One but minute. okay, so he comes in. Okay, Thanksgiving Day Parade, some sort of... Maybe he's trying to extricate British spies. Okay. I don't know why they're in America. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover British boy. What are you trying to say, Nick? Politics is very strange right now. Um, 
but maybe here's the thing. Maybe it's all a plot to get him to get come to Thanksgiving. <laughs> like that's the end. Like he's trying to do all this, and it's all this large thing that that um M M was trying to get him to come to dinner and just to enjoy a day. Of have a, have a day off. Yep. Now is this Judy Dench M or is this? The... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's that's very kind of her. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe like just like he's real stressed out and whatever, and he's doing this job and everything. He gets beat up a lot because that's what so, Daniel Craig does. He yeah. gets beat up a lot, right? And and maybe there's an actual plot that happens by accident because I don't know because like the the Thanksgiving plot got inter, inter like Russians Intermixed. heard about it. And, <laughs> they like, thought something was actually it was going actually on. going down. Yeah, like so it's like. A, Comedy version of Thanksgiving. This actually sounds a lot more like Get Smart than <laughs> James Bond, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't have Jar Jar Bing, so. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I was pushing it there. <laughs> I think I think it'll work. I'd watch it. I th- <laughs> okay. Let's be a little bit more realistic. Oh, okay. Okay. Serious. S- slightly. Again, Disney streaming service coming out. Okay. Avengers Thanksgiving special. Okay, well, this would be fun because Captain America would be all about it. Oh, yeah. He'd be all for it. The way and I Thor th- would be like, all right, food, let's do it. I f- the way I see it is this would be about them basically preparing for their their dinner, and then like everyone's like, oh, yeah, we totally got this. We can do this. And then one thing after another going wrong for some reason. Tony Stark's it's big Iron Pepper Man. Pots, like, um, maybe we need Oren pizza. <laughs> He has this big thing set up, and yet it all it, it all malfunctions. Well, I think there needs to be like always happens. Like every time there's a wedding in the Marvel universe, like aliens come or something. Oh yeah. So you need some sort of some sort of cre- bad guy, but maybe it can be one of the like goofier or less yes earth shattering bad guys. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in MCU that qualifies, but maybe you just go with um, someone new. I feel like it should be like someone like. Like, so, some random aliens are like after Rocket Raccoon or something like that. <laughs> bounty hunters. Some bounty hunter Guardian going up. Trying to get Rocket Or maybe like, that. yeah, a bounty hunter like going for one of them and finds the like multiple people he needs there because they're all heroes. And... <laughs> that could be fun. Or it could be some Doctor Strangeville, you know, some mm. thing for another. Or like some. Do you can see Doctor Strange trying to conjure something up for. Maybe someone like, like one of Spider Man's villains. Spider Man's got some kind of lame villains, <laughs> like uh, the Rhino, perhaps. <laughs> Or uh, is it Mysterio? Mysterio. I think he's going to be in the next movie, actually. Oh, really? I think someone said that. Yeah, well, he's one of the few Spider-Man villains that hasn't, I guess, at this point. So that makes sense. But Thor would be like, he's just ready to eat. Like, yes, another. I don't know what he would. As Guardians would be all about feasts and. Uh, it'd wind up. And Captain America would be trying to say why we, you know, why we do this. And... Uh, he'd be, yeah, he'd he'd be the one like having everyone write down what they're thankful for on the little piece <laughs> and putting it in, in the jar. Tony Stark's like, guys, let's this let's uh, this is fun. Let's I got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange should just be like, I don't think it pointless or something. I don't know. <laughs> so and and um, Star Lord be he'd be like telling stories about. The cool things he was doing in outer space, and like, and like he loves Thanksgiving. Like he was trying to teach Drax all about Thanksgiving, uh, and Drax would like. I bet Drax, Drax would at least like enjoy the football. He'd he <laughs> start watching TV. He'd like, be like watch the football. That's like, oh yes, this is a very manly game or something like that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And then maybe depending on comic, you want like. Doctor Strange could transport one in the field and could like go and tackle somebody. Yeah. It's like you're having so much fun. He probably Doctor Strange probably gets tired of Drax's antics, so he just sends him out out the football field and 
and many football players died that day. <laughs> <laughs> or they should have their own football game. The Avengers have two teams. <laughs> oh, dear. Chaos ensues. And then Bruce Barron gets mad. And, <laughs> and more chaos yeah. ensues. All right. That would be fun. So I'm not sure if we've really... Created Christmas specials just... Or Thanksgiving specials? Maybe just demonstrated why they don't have very many Thanksgiving <laughs> specials. I don't know. It works. It's really based around family. And so when you're, you know, that's really what's highlighted a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, and, and domestic and, sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you get in a lot of Christmas specials anyway. And Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Except everyone likes Christmas better. For, yeah. So. Again, and, they're, it, and they're so close time-wise that they kind of just... Well, and it's hard to uh, commercialize being thankful for what you already have. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's the profit in that? The only people that really get to uh, commercialize Thanksgiving much are grocery stores. Exactly. Turkey farms. <laughs> that and uh, MST3K. That's true, too. <laughs> but that doesn't give you an excuse to not celebrate it. And uh, remember this year to uh, pause and count your blessings, which I know is obvious. Everyone on Facebook will be telling you to do that anyway. But consider this another reminder. See, give grace before your movie as well as before your meal. Ooh, that's an interesting idea. I saw that from Chesterton. Did he? Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Lord, thank you for this Charlie Chaplin film I'm about to enjoy. Well, he said, I don't know if he said movie, but he said he gave thanks before the theater and before this and this and this and this. I was going to say, I I didn't know Chesterton had seen film. Uh, Yeah, that would have been pretty. mm, Not sure he would have, but you were talking about theater and other things. That makes sense. But yeah. I think I, I think it's good practice just in general. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. all right. Well, I guess we should probably wrap this up, Nick. Yes. Um. I hope they wrap up that trial pretty soon. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's long stories they're telling about these things. There's some very long stories. Apparently, the guy's been accused of murder and polygamy and theft. I mean, he must be a pretty bad dude. I don't know though. He seems pretty. I don't know. Just look at him. He he looks kind of innocent. I mean, I, I'd go and. I mean, they're talking about him traveling around the world at the same time. It's pretty strange. A lot of strange stories. I mean, I've just been catching snippets. So. Yeah. Man, but I tell well, you, I might have to come back here to Beacon House sometime. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man alive, it's a happening place. It is. Anyway, thank you for listening to Derailed Trains of Thought, episode 93. Yes. Please check us out on Twitter, which we are sometimes posting, <laughs> um, and Facebook, where we post less, but we would like to hear from you. We would. Um, Derailtrainsofthought.blogspot.com for the website, and you can leave stuff. And if you just happen to stumble upon our podcast somehow and have not not subscribed to us, go ahead and press that subscribe button, and you'll get a nice feed of story podcast goodness. We'd be very thankful if you left a rating or comment on iTunes or other podcast feeds. Spread the love. Also, if you're interested in our other podcast, Weekly Hijack, where we've been going through Battle on 5. It's been a lot of fun. I think it's fun to listen to probably even if you haven't watched the show, mm-hmm. but it's way more fun if you have watched the show. Definitely. And if you haven't watched Babylon 5, it is available on Amazon Prime. Yes. We're getting royalties for advertising. Not at all. Not at all. Anyways. So, what's uh, your soundtrack? My soundtrack. So I picked it because the title of it is Thanks for Dinner. So apparently TJ Pretzel bought this guy a dinner, and he's like decided to be grateful and do a remix. He had remixed before, but he hadn't done it for a long time. And I think doing art in gratitude for things is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. This is a remix from Uru, Ages Beyond Mist. It's a Mist game. A remix by Tansoon, and it's very kind of ambient and groove. Not quite groove, but cool. I like it. Awesome. So I guess we might as well make a way out of here. Yep. I think it's uh, getting time for us to head off to our own Thanksgivings, Nick. Yes. 
you have a favorite food that you're going to be enjoying? I always enjoyed mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are like the main course of a Thanksgiving meal. Interesting. I, I feel like that's something that our family should do more of. Do you get together with big fam- extended family or just your immediate? Well, by like my extended, like my brothers, sisters, cousins, and all that. Or not my cousins, my nieces and nephews, the 17 of us. Okay, know? so but yeah. But not that's, like. That's sometimes big we get, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we get along with, you know, aunts, uncles, and stuff, but not as all not as regularly yeah i think we'll be, we'll have some extended family again aunts uncles and that kind of thing but it, it, yeah kind of the same similar boat but anyway what's your favorite well if my aunt if my aunt still loves me she might bring the oreo pudding oh um, okay she has some really good oreo pudding but she was like i don't know if i want to bring it this year maybe you should just learn how to make it but it's like what what, what? no it's just <laughs> supposed to appear <laughs> Anyway. All right. So, adios, everyone. Hope you enjoy. Have a great Thanksgiving. Until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. Bye.